Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. God is trying to awaken a mentality, a stirring on the inside of your spirit that you are more than that you think that you are. There is greatness on the inside of you. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. Amen. So true. So true. People go through life wondering about failure or so sad that they have failed with something. But truly, if you've never failed at something, that means you've never tried. You've never tried. Uh, the tragedy in life is not to fail, but it is to never try. It's to never try to be forever stuck and not moving. Today, let's go uh, in scripture. We're going to look uh, today in the book of Numbers. The book of Numbers. Uh, Numbers, the 13th chapter. And let me de decree and declare unto you once again today that this is the place of change. This is the place of change. If you want to change, or if you want to see the glory of God rest upon your life, if you want to be uh, in the place where God uses you to the maximum, where you can get in the flow of God and be changed by his spirit, then you are in the right place. This is the place of change. I declare that boldly in the name of Jesus. This is the word of the spirit. All right, let's go to Numbers 13, Numbers 13. And uh, just pray with me for a moment before we get into the word of God. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this day, for this time, for this moment that you have appointed to take place. Lord, I thank you that you have already heard me and that you, uh, that you always hear my prayer. And Lord, I ask that uh, even at this moment that you would give that anointing that makes preaching and teaching easy. Give that anointing that makes hearing your word easy. And Father, I pray that after all is said and done, that we would have been changed, touched, renewed, revived, and healed, delivered from every shackle and chain that binds us. Have your way in us this day. In Jesus' name, let every heart say amen. Amen. All right. In Numbers, the 13th chapter, we see here in verse number one, it says, The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers, shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. Don't send any, any novices, Moses. Send the ruler, send the leadership of every tribe. Now, I want you to notice something. And of course, we'll be speaking from the subject today of believe it or not. Believe it or not. I know there was a popular television. Anybody, television show? Anybody saw that? Way back when? Maybe in the 90s, maybe? Or, you know, praise the Lord. Anyway. And so we see here in Numbers 13, the Lord, now I want you to notice something here very particular in verse 13. It says that the Lord told Moses to, uh, rather verse 2, he said, send thou men that thou may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. God saying, I'm giving this to you. This is yours. I'm giving it to you. 
Isn't that wonderful? Now, for someone to give you something, that means that they have already paid the price for it. Can somebody say amen? If I give you a car, then it means I've already paid the price for that car. If I give you, uh, if I give you a can of Coca-Cola, I've already paid the price for that can of Coca-Cola, right? I've already paid the price for it, so I'm giving it to you. As a general rule, you really can't give something that you don't have. You can only give what you do have. Remember when Paul and Silas there were at the temple, they went to the temple to pray. They saw a poor old crippled man begging at the gates. They said, now we don't have, the the man said, "Uh, alms, alms. They said, we don't have any money, but we can help you anyway. We got something in that upper room. Now rise in Jesus name. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. They said silver and gold we don't have. We don't have it. We don't have. But what we do have, such as we do have, we give to you. You can't give what you don't have. God is the possessor of everything. He owns all of it. And really, it's time for us to to really uh, take back who God is. He is all. He is everything. He is all powerful, all knowing. He is in all places at all times. He holds your beginning and your ending in his hand. Hallelujah. He holds the whole world in his hand. He can do all things. And that same God, if you are born again believer, is on the inside of you. Praise the Lord. Don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God, the very one that moved upon on the face of the waters there back in Genesis that created everything it's God his presence his awesomeness is right now on the inside of you and who can come against you when God's on your side somebody say amen I'm telling you it's time to take our view and realize who we are oh praise the Lord help us Holy Ghost And so the Bible says here that the Lord told Moses, hey, send out the rulers, send out those rulers to spy out the land, send out these leaders and uh, let them bring back a report. Well, as you know, those men went over there and let's look and see what happens in verse number 25. It says, and they returned from searching the land 40 days. What land? The land that God gave them. They've been over there a month and 10 days. That's a long time. They've been gone from their families. Gone, gone from the tribes, gone from Israel. So they came back in verse 26 and it says, and they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and all the congregation of, of the, uh, of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Pergen and Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, we came unto the land whether thou sent us and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Praise the Lord. Surely the land that God gave us, this is what God said for me to have this one that God said for me to possess. Surely it's a good land. I've got the fruit of it right here. I've got the proof of it right here. But they said, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land and uh, the cities are walled 
and very great. Moreover, the, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountain and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to over, rather we be not able uh, to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. What a lie from the pits of hell. Are you hearing me? What in the world do you mean that this is stronger than you? Don't you know who you are yet? The Bible declares that the, the wicked flee when no man pursues him, but the righteous are bold as lions. Hallelujah. Don't you realize that we are the sons of God? In John, the first chapter, the Bible declares as many as would receive Jesus, he gave them power to become sons of God. Hallelujah. In Romans, the eighth chapter, the Bible also declares that we were predestined by God Almighty to be conformed into the image of Jesus. Jesus Christ into the image of his son hallelujah and Jesus said the works that I do shall you do also because I go unto my father Jesus said behold I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you you are don't you know that you are victorious in Christ and that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you God is trying to awaken a mentality a stirring on the inside of your spirit that you are more than that you think that you are there is greatness on the inside of you these problems these mountains are not bigger nor are they stronger than you remember Jesus said whosoever shall speak to this mountain say to the mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things that he says shall come the past he'll have whatsoever he says hallelujah he didn't tell us to whine about the mountain he just said speak to it because he's given you the power somebody say praise the lord so what are you going to believe one half the group or the majority says that we can't do it but god's people said joshua and caleb said we can do this they weren't looking at their own ability they were looking at god being with them God is with me. He's on my side. And God plus you equals the majority. Amen. Yeah. Now let's look down a little bit further. In verse number 32, it says, And they brought up an evil report uh, of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The Lord through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are, are men of great stature. And they, rather, in verse 33, and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as what? As grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Now, we're going to put the car in park right here for a moment. They said that this is the land that eats up the inhabitants. If you go there, they're going to kill you. You're not going to prosper. This is too much for you. 
And this evil report caused Israel to stop in their tracks. Understand something. They had been in captivity for uh, 400 years. And God brought them out of captivity in Egypt with his strong hand. With many plagues and he made Pharaoh leave them alone. And he took them through the Red Sea and he drowned all of Pharaoh's folk. Amen. God told him who you see today, you're not going to see anymore because I'm going to do a new thing. He even brought them water out of rocks. He led them by day by a cloud. Hallelujah. His glory was transformed there into a cloud and he kept the people cool by day. And at night there was a pillar of fire. He kept his people warm at night. Hallelujah. God was always with him, always providing for them water out of rocks, bread from heaven. We call manna meat from heaven. He called quail. He, he brought the people out and he provided for them every step of the way. They had a testimony. They had seen God do great and marvelous things. And now God, the same God that led them out of Egypt, was right here leading them, leading them into this promised land. And when they got to the promised land, they choked. They believed the evil report. Isn't that sad? You've been working toward this thing and working toward this thing and working toward this thing. And you think that God's going to leave you now. Isn't that sad? And this report caused all of Israel to stop. And God said, eventually y'all going to walk around for 40 years and I'm going to kill all y'all off and I'm going to raise your children up to go in the land. But let me show you something. This is how the Lord is really dealing with us today. Because there are... A great many of us in the body of Christ and even in this church that are stopped. Now, God's not telling you that you're going to go walk around now because that that road is closed. There's no walking around. That road is closed. So there are a great number of people. And I pray that you can see this by the spirit. I see it. There are a great number of people that are right there at the edge of the promised land. God was faithful to heal you, to deliver you, to bring you out of Egypt. Hallelujah. Bring you out of the hands of the devil. Break off the bondage. Brought you through the wilderness. And now he's faithful to bring you right here to the edge of your promised land. And some people are saying, God, I know we can do it together. I know that you're for me. Where is that devil? I want to get him. I want all that's mine. I want to possess the land that you have for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But still there are a great many others that are at the edge of the promised land moaning and wailing. Oh, it's too much for me. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't. I can't do it. And they're teetering and they're tottering. They're teetering and they're tottering. They put one foot in and they take one foot out. They put one foot in and then they shake it all about. They do their little thing and shake themselves around. That's what it's not all about. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Year after year, month after month, they'll try this. They'll try that. Well, let me try to go to church. Mm, nope. Mm, come back. Let me try to, let me try tithing. Mm, nope. Let me, uh, let, let, let me try to join this ministry. Mm, nope, 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 nope. They're in and out. They're moaning at the edge of the promised land. 
When the voice of the Spirit says, I am with you. I am in you. You can do this. You can do this. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. He says, it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. God said, you can move forward. You can go through this. You can get your victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got to break the quicksand off. We got to break the, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, what's that stuff? The concrete, yeah, around our feet. We got to break that stuff and go on into where God wants us to be. But there are many people that are still held there, and we want to really talk about that today. They're really held right there at the edge of their promised land because they're looking at themselves and not at God. I wonder how many of you are right there at the edge of your promised land. You know what God said do. You know what we should do. But we're held right there because we're looking at ourselves and our circumstances. And as long as you look at yourself, you will always be limited. Many will say, Pastor, I would, but, and that but is holding you right there at the edge of the promised land. Right there, that big old but is holding you right there at the edge of the promised land. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. That's not attractive on you. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, that's holding you right there at the edge of the promised land. Lord, I would do it, but I would come, but I would give, but what all that's holding you. That's what's holding you right there at the edge of your promised land. You keep looking at you. Look at God. Look at what he said. Just you just do what God said and let him handle the consequences. Let me say that again. You just do what God said and let him handle the consequences. Say, Lord, I'm out here because you said come. That's why I'm out here on this water and I'm walking and I thought I was going to fall, but I came out here because you said come. And now when you do that, he'll reach down and rescue you if you begin to sing hallelujah. But God wants to work the impossible through you. He wants to work the impossible through you. Don't you understand that? God gets glory when you do things that you know you can't do. But when you can do things that uh, that you you feel like is you, then God gets no glory. This is why most historians think that Samson, you know, Samson, Old Testament, think that Samson was a skinny man, sort of like me. They say, well, if Samson was a big old bodybuilder, then when he picked up the gates of the city, they would say, well, you know, well, hey, you know, he's, he's strong. We can see all the muscles on him. We can see all the muscles on him. When he, when he ripped the jawbone of a, of the, of the, he took the jawbone of donkey and killed, killed a thousand men, he would say, well, okay, well, I can see that. Well, you know, Samson's mighty buff. Look at his, his thighs are bigger than my neck, you know, bigger than my head. So we can see how he would do all that. But if you get a skinny man, I mean a skinny man, so skinny, puff of wind and blow him over, so skinny you turn to the side and you can't see him anymore, and he lift up the city gates, you say, that must be God. That must be God. God is with him. Hallelujah. By the same token, the enemy, I mean, God gets glory because the, the, you know where you were in your past and people look at you now and see you preaching and hearing, hearing, seeing, seeing how you live and the glory of God on you and they see you change and they say, oh, that must be God. 
that must be God. You become a sign and a wonder. And that's all he wants you to be is a sign and a wonder. Will you allow God to make you a sign and a wonder? Hallelujah. Well, the Lord can do that through impossible situations. He gets glory through impossible situations. Turn to your name and tell him, God gets the glory through impossible situations. So listen, so don't run away from impossible situations. Don't run away from hard situations. Let God get the glory. And that brings us right down here to verse number, again, verse number 33. Oh, this is thrilling. Are y'all with me today? Verse 33, listen to their testimonies. Listen to the testimony of those who are looking at themselves and not God. Listen to what they say. They say, and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. They're from that family line. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Now, there's so much here. I'm telling you, we could go for a couple of weeks on this all by itself. Listen, saints of God, it doesn't matter so much what people think about you, but it matters what you think about yourself. The fact that the giants, you can't control the way somebody else sees you. You can only make sure that what they see and say isn't true. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? But you can't control the way the giants see you. You can't control where the circumstances see you. But you can control where you see yourself in it. So they said, we were like grasshoppers. Now let's look at really what a grasshopper is. Let's learn a little bit because they use this word, this term grasshopper. They use this insect here. And God has everything in the Bible for a reason. So let's see. I wonder how many of us are grasshoppers today. Let's see. A grasshopper is a leaping insect, which is similar to a cricket. You know, those loud bugs that get on your nerves. Similar to a cricket. They actually don't jump, but rather use their legs as a catapult. You've seen catapults before, like in those old movies, you know. They wind it up and shoot it off, right? They can leap, and I love this, as I research this, uh, they can both leap or catapult and fly. Is that right? Praise the Lord. A grasshopper is about one inch long and can leap up to 20 inches. That's 20 times its length. That's some powerful legs, isn't it? Think about if you're a six foot or let's say you're a five foot person, five foot person. And the grasshopper is able to leap 20 times its length. So if you're five foot, multiply five times 20 is what? A hundred. That means you're leaping about what? 100 feet. Talk about Superman. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Just looking at the grasshopper for a moment. Let's look a little bit further. The grasshopper, like most insects, are also cold-blooded, which means that they don't do anything until it warms up. They have to warm up before their regular activities during the day. 
Uh, so in in the cool morning hours, they stay still. That's why, like you see, uh, uh, bees and wasps and all that, if you need to attack their nest, do it when it's cool. Don't do it when it's hot. They're active then. Are you with me? Now listen, they are also ferocious eaters. An average grasshopper can eat 16 times its weight. Think about that. 16 times its own body weight. That's a lot of eating. So they are a really a devouring agent. They do not have nest or territories. And some species go on long migrations to find new supplies of food. They just keep moving. They just keep moving. Some grasshoppers spit to protect themselves from predators or enemies. When a grasshopper is handled, it spits out a brown liquid. See, that's what was on your hand when you picked it up that time. It spits out a brown liquid. This foul stuff helps keep enemies away. They, all, they may also use their strong jaws to bite predators. Isn't that something? When a single grasshopper comes, you may find one in the grass. When you come around him, he normally just leap away. Right? Unless you try to pick him up. Then he's going to spit on you. Isn't that something? So we see here, they said, let's, let's, plug, these in, let's plug this in. It says, we see ourselves, they see us as grasshoppers, and that's how we see ourselves. Grasshoppers also, in this context, talking about a small, insignificant bug. Just insignificant. They see us as insignificant, and we see ourselves as insignificant. And remember what the Bible declares in the book of Proverbs as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. No wonder we can't do great things for God. No wonder, because we see ourselves as insignificant. Some people say, well, you better not think, you know, think like that. You better not start to think high uh, about yourself, because if you do, you know, you're going to get haughty. You know, there's a proper weight and balance for everything. But me being pulled, broke, busted, and disgusted and walking around my head hanging down is not glorifying to God. No, but when I stick my chest out and declare that I am a son of God with power, I am the temple of the Holy Spirit, and God is for me. Hallelujah. When I declare these things in the face of my adversary, God gets glory. And it changes my whole outlook and mentality. As we said the other week, some, um, some reason why some young ladies keep getting these no good men, these scrubs, is because they think so little of themselves. But when you begin to see yourself as queens, when you begin to see yourself as the daughters of God, you won't take just old every Tom, Dick, and Harry that comes your way. You'll wait for another king, hallelujah, because it is the king that marries the queen, hallelujah. You're not just some throwaway thing, some insignificant bug. You were birthed in the image of God Almighty. He chose you to house his spirit. He wants to live inside of you and do great things through you. You've got to agree with that. You've got to believe that. 
or not. If you believe that, you'll walk into the promise of God. If you do not believe that, you will stay right there at the edge and you'll see me driving in my blessing. You'll see me living in my blessing. And don't go try to hate on me either because you were too stuck right there. You couldn't get through it yourself. When God's throwing you a lifeline now and telling you, you can do it. Are you hearing me? So they said, we see ourselves as grasshoppers. Grasshoppers, they catapult themselves out of situations. Catapult means to, to quickly and suddenly get out of danger. It's a quick and sudden action. When something threatens this person that sees himself as a grasshopper, they get out. That's why they jump from job to job. Supervisor, oh. They jump from relationship to relationship. I don't like you no more jump catapult uh they jump from uh church to church it's hot here i don't like the way the pastor preach i don't like the way that saints do they mean to me just spring over again just keep just keep moving just keep moving keep moving keep moving they hop from or they uh catapult from problem to problem from stress to stress they are always moving is that how you see yourself Every time danger hits, you got to go. You got to go. You got to go. Well, if that's how you see yourself and is that how you are, then you are a grasshopper. Are you hearing? These persons are double-minded. They can't stay on track with God. It gets hot and they leave. It becomes too much and they leave. Rather than enduring the pressure, they get out of there. Even though God said, this is the place for you. They're still more readily, they, they will more readily leave, go, than stay there and fight it out and believe what God said. Listen, here again, so also in times of stress, like we said before, when the grasshopper threatened, they spit on you. A lot of spitting folk in church. You know when folk yell at you, they spit? They spit on you. They'll bite you. They have no substance. They'll just jump out of the way, just jump out of the fire. Grasshoppers also have no nest. If you don't have a nest, that means you don't have a home. You don't have a spiritual home. You don't have a spiritual covering. That means you'll never grow roots. You'll never produce fruit. You'll never have any substance. Are you hearing? Grasshoppers do not plant their own food, but they go and devour everybody else's. They come and get the best out of what you have. And they don't, they won't leave until they've eaten everything up that you have. And then when you have nothing else to give them, they simply go to the next place. They will swarm and devour everything that is there. Are you a grasshopper? Is that how you see yourself? Devouring everything as a destroyer, not one that gives life, but one that takes life small insignificant bug and that's how many of us really think that we are in the face of the devil who the devil the devil's in that house you better not go down there the devil's down there you better not he got a demon oh jesus he got a devil we better run away what are you talking about 
Don't you know that Jesus gave you power and authority over these things? No, we don't just go run into a house because it has. We're not ghost hunters. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But if I'm sent there, they will know that I am there. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So they said we see ourselves as grasshoppers, small, insignificant creatures who hop from thing to thing that we don't have any weight. We don't have any substance. Therefore, we cannot cultivate fruit. Therefore, we cannot set down roots. We have no uh, we have no weight to us. We're not worthy. And that is not who you are. That may be who you were, but that is not who you are. Let's look a little bit further. They gave this Eve report, and now in chapter 14, they cried. Uh, they gave the Eve report in verse 1, and they wept all night long. They cried all night long because they said, they thought within themselves, we can't get what we've been believing God for because there are things that are too big for us in front of us. And they murmured against Moses and Aaron in verse 3. They even began to talk about leaving and going back to Egypt. Let's just go back to Egypt. Let's go back in the devil's under the devil's bondage. Let's go back to the club. Let's go back to the uh, to the bar. Let's go back, shoot up and drink up and snort up. Let's just go back. At least we had a little piece back there from time to time. They said, let's go back. Moses and Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the congregation. And Joshua, look at verse number six, Joshua, son of Nun and Caleb, the son of Jephani, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothing, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to search it is an exceeding good land. Verse 8, if the Lord delight in us, here's your, here's your PowerPoint. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land. And give it us a land that flows with milk and honey. If the Lord delight in us, he will give it to us. It's not if the Lord delight in us, we'll have to go and conquer it. We'll have to do all the work. We're going to have to go. Yes, but he will give it to us. He will knock down the adversaries before you. Many times, I'm telling you, saints of God, many times in warfare, all you've got to do is just Step to the enemy. Just show up. And you'll find that God has already dealt with it. He's already dealt with it. He's already done away with it before you even got there. He's just looking for people just to show up. Just be there. You don't know how you're going to fight the Goliath. But just show up and God will use what's in your hand. Hallelujah. He'll use what he gave you. And so they said... God, if the Lord be, if the Lord is pleased with us, if he delights in us, and he does, saints of God, he does delight of you, delight in you because you've received the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've received the Lord's blood over your life. And the Lord no longer, the Father no longer looks at you and your sins, but he looks at the blood of Christ over you. And he has already said forgiven. He's already said redeemed and justified. You cannot get more righteous than the righteous blood of Christ that is over your life right now. So the Lord is delighted in you. And this is the place where he said you ought to go. Now, I'm not sure where that place is for you or what you're battling with or what you're fighting with or what you're saying that is that it is too much for me. 
I can't do this. I'm not sure what is holding you there in place. If it's going to school, if it's getting a, a certain job, or if it's um, uh, going through a certain relationship and you say, I can't make it another day. I can't do this anymore. But I know that God said, this is the man. This is the place. or this is the woman. This is the place. I know this is for me, but I don't think I can do this anymore. I'm not sure what you are fighting against, what you're warring against, what's on your heart, what's on your mind. But as the Lord delights in you, he will bring you victory. He'll bring you into victory and you'll see the tables turn on your behalf. Amen. Amen. Now look at verse nine. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred to us. I love that. Their defense is departed from them and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. He said they're bred to us. We're going to devour them. There's nothing that they have that can stand against us. And really we need to get that mentality. And I pray that you hear me right now in the name of Jesus. Because that's the mentality of a more than a conqueror. That's the mentality of the army that God's about to send into the land. That there is nothing that the enemy has, nothing that the world has that can stop us when the Lord is on our side. There is nothing out there that can stop us. There's no, no mountain that we cannot remove. There's no valley that cannot be filled in. No cricket place that cannot be made straight. No rough place that cannot be made smooth. There is nothing that is in front of you that you can't defeat nothing nothing you know one man once said you know I've got a big problem what should I do about it well we can really measure your problem or your effectiveness to handle the problem uh, by measuring uh, the size of your God your problem your ability to overcome the problem uh, is directly proportional to the size of your God God can heal me, but I don't know if he can fix my marriage. Them folk are, ooh. God can give me a job, but I don't know if he can fix his old heart of mine. God can do this, but I'm not sure if he can do that or not. And I'm sure they were saying, well, yeah, God is good. He got us out of Pharaoh, but Pharaoh wasn't no giant. Yeah, God is good. He made water come out of the rock, but, you know, he's not a giant over there. How are we limiting God? And how are you limiting yourself? And we're about to close. Are you, are you still hearing with, with me today? As we turn over to uh, Numbers 14, verse number 30. So when Joshua and Caleb, they tried to tell the people, let's go over. And that's really what I'm trying to tell you today by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have Christ on our side. We have Christ on our side. There's nothing. Some say, well, I will go, but what if I get embarrassed? Okay. What if they laugh at me? Okay. What if they don't like me? What if they reject me? Okay. I would rather you live your life without regret than live your life in regret. Regretting that you never tried. A life is wasted it's wasted when we just don't, don't simply try. Yes, it hurts you before. Yes, yes, it is possible that it may hurt you again. But is the prize worth it? Is this prize worth it? The thing that God is offering to you. Do you think, do you think that it is worth it? 
happy marriage, happy home, financial security, whatever God is promising you, healing for your body. Is this prize worth it? Because if you think it's worth it, then you rise and pray and seek his face. Then you'll be obedient unto his voice when he calls unto you. You have to make a decision. Is the prize worth the effort? Is the prize worth the effort? This gives us the ability to turn sin down, to tell it no, because I'm looking ahead of me. I'm looking what's ahead of me. I'm looking what's before, at what's before me. I'm looking to what the Lord Jesus has in his hand for me. Are you here today? All right. So as we look at this and we're going to close out here, numbers 14, as we go to verse number 39. And Moses told these sayings unto the children of Israel because, you know, the Lord has said, all right, y'all don't want to go. Let's begin to walk in circles. You can walk in circles for 40 years now. And your carcasses will die in this wilderness. And I'll use your children to go into the promised land. You won't even taste anything of that. And those spies, those 10 spies, 10 out of the 12 spies, well, they all died of the plague. They're dead now. They're dead or they're about to die shortly. So Moses told them all those things, everything that God said, because they at this point were rebelling against God, rebelling. They were telling God, no, God said, this is yours. Take possession of it. But Lord, I don't have the credit. What are you doing? You're rebelling against me. I told you to go. But no, I no, Lord, that's your that's your wife right there. What, Lord? That's your husband right there. Really? That's your job. That's your house. Lord, I was expecting something. That's yours. What? Are you rebelling against God? The Lord said, here's the place. This is the thing. And because it doesn't match up to our criteria, maybe I'm sure they thought, well, maybe the people were a little bit smaller. We could go in and get it. Maybe the cities weren't so walled up. Maybe they had a picket fences around the city. Maybe we could get it. Maybe the people were so nice we could go in and get it. So the place didn't meet up to their criteria and the inhabitants of the land didn't meet up to their criteria. And so they began to rebel against God. They told God in effect, no. And they did in such a way they cried all night long. Oh, we can't do it. We can't do it. But God said, yes, you can. I can't do it. It's too much for me. God said, yes, you can. I can't go. God said, yes, you can. And so the people were struggling against God. Are you struggling against God? Are you rebellious against God? No, he's not going to strike you down with a bolt of lightning, but you'll never get in and taste any grapes. Nor that milk and that honey. You'll hold yourself in a perpetual state right there at the edge of your blessing. Everything that you've worked for to possess. You're all your prayers, all of your hard work. You want, to, you want God to use you in such a great and a mighty way. You want people to fall out when you lay your hands on them, when you blow at them and all that stuff. You want God to use you to write poetry, sing songs, do dances. You want God to use you in any way possible. We say, God, use me, Lord. Use me any way you use me. Lord, you use a donkey. I know you can use me. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Lord, if you can use anything, Lord, come on and use me. And then God said, all right, do that, huh? 
Go there. What? No, Lord, use me in something else. Not that, Lord. Not that, Lord. Use me, Lord. All right, go over there and talk to that person that's sitting at the break table. But, Lord, they mean. They keep cursing that folk. Find somebody else, Lord. Use me, Lord. Use me. They need a kind word. Lord, use me. Are you rebelling against God? On one side of our mouth, we're asking God to use us. The other side, we're telling no. And so after Moses told him that, he said, all right, y'all not going to get in. In other words, you have been just denied access to your promise. You're not going to get what you've been praying for. You're not. This one moment in time has defined, has defined their now existence. Now you're not. That's it. Sorry. God says no. No repentance. God did not repent either. That generation died out there in the wilderness. They never did go in. But some people said, okay, well, we got the big here. We heard what God said, but look, Moses, this is what we're going to do. Verse 40. After Moses told him what God said, verse 40, and says, this is Numbers 14. And they rose up early in the morning and got them up into the top of the mountain saying, lo, we be here. And we'll go up unto the place which the Lord hath promised. For we have sinned. Well, since we, I heard what God said, well, you know, hey, we here, right, y'all? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we, we here. What you think, Junebug? Yeah, we here. We sin, man, we sin. I was on the altar crying all night long and, you know, and after, after the man of God preached that message, shoo, we messed up, man. Yeah, I know, man. I know, dude. I know, I know, I know. Why don't we just go up together? Yeah. Yeah, let, let's just go. Yeah. Yeah. And so they sang here. Yeah, they rolled up, they rolled up early in the morning. They said, get, get thee up into the mountain. They said, lo, we be here and we'll go up into the place which the Lord hath promised. For we have sinned. And Moses said, Wherefore now do ye transgress the commandment of the Lord? But it shall not prosper. It shall not prosper. Go not up, for the Lord is not among you. That ye, that, that ye be not smitten before the enemy, for your enemies. They said, We're going to go anyway. Moses said, don't go, y'all. Y'all crazy. Don't do it. God would have been with you, but he said, I'm not going with you now. Isn't it sad to miss God? Miss God. Same place, same people, but the difference is no God, no blessing. And let's see what happens. Verse 43, and the Amaleks and the Canaanites... Uh, are there before you and ye shall fall by the sword because ye are turned away from the Lord. Therefore, the Lord will not be with you. But they presume to go up unto the hilltop. Nevertheless, the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. God said, I'm not going. Moses said, I'm sure not going with y'all. Y'all go up by yourselves. Then the Amaleks, which came down, and the Canaanites, which dwelt in the hill, and smote them. They came down, and they smote them, and discomfited them. Weird, I mean, beat them, senseless, beat them bad, even unto Horah. So they went up there and said, we big and bad, we're going to do it anyway. God said, I'm not going with you. 
Moses said, I'm sure not, Pastor Moses said, I'm sure not going with you. Go up there by yourself. And they went up there and the devil whipped him, whipped him, whipped him bad. Yes, the prophecy, their own prophecy was fulfilled. They were, in fact, as grasshoppers, insignificant bugs, and the enemy stepped on them. But if you see yourself in God as great, see who you really are, you know that you're no grasshopper. You're not insignificant. And let me leave you with this. When you go different places in life, and if people don't honor you, if they don't see the glory of God in your life, if they can't see that you're saved, this, that, and the other, I mean, they can't see the glory of your life, maybe it's because God is not allowing them to see it. Maybe he doesn't want them to know who you are yet. Just because they don't recognize the glory or the anointing of God on your life, does that mean that you don't have it? Maybe it's covering their eyes just for a moment so that they can't see who you are. Maybe he has not honored them with the right to know who you really are. You say, don't they know that I'm this or I'm that? And they look at you, hmm, what is she doing here? Hmm, what is he doing here? They're insignificant bugs. Why, why, why is that bug coming in here? Why are they? Maybe they have not been, maybe God has not opened their eyes to their understanding that they would see the glory of God in you. Because when people see your worth and value, when they truly see it, some will rejoice and others will hate you. So maybe God is sparing you that they don't see what's really in you. Because when they see, when some see it, they'll turn on you, throw you in a pit and sell you as a slave talking about Joseph now when they see what's in you when they know that God has favored you and it'll take you a while to rise up to the top so maybe they can't see who you are because God is protecting you when you go to your meetings and other places and businesses don't be don't don't be um, I mean don't get upset that they don't know who you are just thank God it's a blessing of the Lord because one day they will because you are a great people I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. Well, those of you that are here tonight and those of you that are listening by way of CD, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to say this short prayer together. And I pray that if you pray this prayer sincerely, the Lord will hear you and he will answer you. So if everybody here, would you, would you stand with us at this time? And we're going to invite our Savior in our hearts because he loves us and he is not here to condemn us he's not here to embarrass us he loves you he loves you and he does not want distance to be between you so would you repeat with me would you pray with me and just say father I come to you admitting that I have done wrong I have sinned and I have fallen short of your glory. But I've heard that you're a loving God and that you will forgive me. So now I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I confess Jesus as my master, my Lord, and as my savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus.
live in me. I accept you. And I thank you for accepting me. Now fill me with your precious spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org.